What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Jeff Fennell, Sports 360. As we enter the final week of the MLB regular season, a couple of playoff spots in each league are up for grabs. Our resident baseball expert, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports, drops by to give his insights on how things are likely to shake out as we get ready for some fall baseball. So hang tight for our chat with Rob Duran on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is our baseball analyst, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Jeff. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fine as well, Rob. Hanging in there, man. Enjoying a very packed sports calendar right now. Um, this is our last week of the regular season in baseball. Have NBA playoffs going on, NHL, Stanley Cup, U.S. Open, um, golf tournament, college football, NFL football, WNBA. (laughs) Is there any sport that's not being played right now? Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic, right, given that for months we had absolutely no sports content or very little to take in. But right now, a lot going on. Yeah, it's definitely a good time to be a sports fan. And just like you said, you know, a couple months ago, we we didn't even know if we would have sports at all. And here we are jam-packed, have to um, figure out exactly what we want to watch today because there's so many things going on. So it's great, man. Let me tell you, it's an awesome time to be a sports fan. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, with – you know, the Major League Baseball season has, you know, one week to go, and then we're going to be in the postseason there. And um, and for me, I, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised that we made it to this point because when the season started, I did not think that baseball could get to the end. Um, you know, the, the coronavirus numbers were all going in the wrong direction across several states including many of the states in where baseball is played. Mm-hmm. And then we had that fiasco with the Marlins to start the season. And then St. Louis Cardinals lost a bunch of games and it didn't get off to a good start, but, you know, people worked really hard. Um, and, you know, here we are, you know, we're, we're about to get into the postseason. So glad about that. And I know you are too. And we're going to talk about your Yankees, I'm sure, before we're done. But but we made it, Rob. We made it. Despite the odds, we've made it to this point. Yeah. And it's great because, you know, like you mentioned, you know, between the COVID and then the negotiations between the players union and the owners and all that stuff, it was just, it was a mess. And I was very, I want to say I was somewhat optimistic, but very cautiously optimistic about having this season not just start, but finish. And the fact that we're here, like you said, it, it's it's great because, you know, there was a lot of obstacles, a lot of question marks, more questions than answers um, throughout this whole process. But yet here we are, like you said, one week away from October baseball, from the playoffs, and it's it's a great thing to see. It's awesome. Yeah, 
And um, why don't we hop into it, man, and look at where things stand, because I think things are pretty settled in the American League, but man, oh man, what's going on in the National League? Um, <laughs> you know, when, when you look at the potential playoff teams, at the top of, you know, the at, at the top, you see the Dodgers once again asserting their dominance. Uh, you know, the Padres had inched really, really close, but then the Dodgers kind of put them in their place. And, you know, the Dodgers certainly seem to be in position to end with, the, you know, the best record in the National League. But, Rob, it's at the bottom, man, where we have, you know, half dozen teams separated by only two games right um and you know right now cincinnati is technically occupying that eighth spot but they're essentially in a flat-footed tie with milwaukee and san francisco and even the mets are only a half a game and a half behind so what's your take on the national league man it's an absolute mess jeff (laughs) and i say that in the best (laughs) way possible because like you said we have Six teams, maybe seven teams out there still competing for that final, you know, that final playoff for it to get in there. And the NL Central, you know, the Cubs have that division, I think, wrapped up. Uh, They're four and a half up over St. Louis at the moment, five and a half on Cincinnati and Milwaukee. But those three teams, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, are still battling it out for that second spot and in the wildcard spot as well. So, and they're all playing each other, which is the beauty of the of the 60-game season. You know, all these interdivision matchups going on. It's a mess, Jeff. And, and, you know, the Mets are still kicking tires, still trying to fight for a spot. San Francisco is not a team that I'm 100% surprised that in a short season, they're still kind of lingering around. And they were in that playoff spot for a little bit now. Um, you know, last season, they had a pretty good first half, which is why they didn't trade away a lot of their guys. Um, so I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not surprised San Francisco's still there. Milwaukee's doing what they do every single year. And I'm one of the people that counted Milwaukee out earlier in the season. I think even the last time we spoke, I said, nah, no chance. But here they are doing what they do, and that's getting hot and playing good baseball right towards the end of the season and putting themselves in a position to fight for a playoff spot. So here we are, Jeff. It, it's It's a crazy National League, man. It really is. And again, um, you know, we look at Miami and they're in the fifth spot and you go, well, they should be pretty good. But they're only a half game up on Philly, a game up on St. Louis, and then two games up on Cincinnati, Milwaukee and San Francisco. So it's not as if Miami, which is a surprise team, right, to be where they mm-hmm. are. But it's not as if a team that is in the fifth spot, which you would think would be pretty secure, it really isn't, given how tightly bunched these teams are in the National League. And, you know, Miami has a four-gamer coming up with Atlanta, and then they finish against your New York Yankees. And so they have they have some work to do before they can celebrate making the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that Atlanta series, four games against Atlanta, that's their make or break, I believe, because um, – that, that's going to determine where their season goes after that because, like you said, they face the Yankees after that. And um, that's not going to be an easy series against the Yankees. So they have to – I think anything short of winning three out of four in Atlanta, 
kind of puts Miami in a position where they may be on the outside looking in at the end of all this. So they have their work cut off. And I think strength of schedule wise, they must have the toughest schedule maybe in baseball um, leading up to this last week. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you know, at the same time though, Rob, um, you know, Atlanta has to be a, a little bit concerned too, because they're only two and a half up on Miami. And so, yeah. you know, that could, you know, we, we can talk about Miami losing to Atlanta, but if Atlanta loses, you know, these games to Miami, we could see Miami actually go to the top of the division in the National League East. And how crazy would that be? I know. Tell me, imagine Miami division winners 2020. Nobody, nobody expected that or would would have even pictured Miami in the playoffs to begin with, never mind winning the division. Right. I mean, we wouldn't have expected it, period. And then especially the way the season started, right, when <laughs> they suffered the outbreak and what they had, like maybe 17, 18 players <laughs> that yeah. Yeah. were, you know, infected. Uh, it would be a remarkable story. One, as you said, just to make the playoffs because that wasn't expected at all. But secondly, to be able to do it considering the way their season started. So it will be interesting to see that series. And, you know, you talked about the Central. St. Louis and Milwaukee have five games against each other, you know, to end the season. And right now they're only separated by a single game. So, man... Um, I don't know what the division uh, or what the playoff picture will look like when the dust settles in the National League, but I just have a feeling that how it looks today is not how it's going to look next Sunday. Definitely not. For all we know, all these teams might be out, and a bunch new might a bunch of new teams might be in there. <laughs> the, way, the way these people are playing against each other, it's it's crazy. Right. I mean, we could have two or three teams that currently are in the playoffs as we speak out of the playoffs a week from now. Yeah. Yeah. And just a quick note on Miami, since we were just talking about them. I know this is a shortened season, so I don't expect Miami to kind of be there if this was a long season, a regular 162-game season. Um, Obviously, I think they benefited from the short season, but their pitching is pretty good. Sixto Sanchez, I don't know if people have heard the name yet, but he's an arm to watch. The kid is electric. He's an arm to look at, uh, not just the rest of this season, but moving into their future. That kid is going to be an ace. I'm telling you, I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about it, Rob, I think here is once you're in, man, anything can happen here. Yes, you, it can. you know what I mean? Because... If Miami held on to the fifth spot and Atlanta holds on to the fourth spot, right? They would they would have that that first round matchup, right? And so um a lot of familiarity there, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And you know, and anything could happen. You can't say, "Oh, Miami no way they can beat Atlanta." Um yeah. you know, it, it it could happen, but it's um, super possible, especially in the, in that wild card series. It's the best of three, so yep. any team could win two out of three by accident. Never mind when you're throwing out two young stars like Miami can throw out, um, and Atlanta has good pitching too. You know, but Miami in a short series is is kind of scary. 
maybe in a seven-game series you can kind of handle that and win in, in five or six games. But a short series, a three-game series, that's a scary team to face if they can actually squeak in and make it. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of squeaking in and making it, I, I know we've been kind to mention that the Mets are hovering around here, and I'm a Mets fan, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't see the Mets squeaking in and making anything. Uh, so, um, and that's too bad. I mean, you know, um, but it is what it is. Uh, we're not going to spend time too much talking about them, but I, I would like to go to the top of the division, um, the Dodgers. Um, San Diego had closed the gap on the Dodgers. Um, looked like it was going to be really interesting. And then, you know, the Dodgers kind of, flex their muscles and now have a five game lead over the Padres. But um, how do you see the top when you look at the Dodgers, uh, Padres and Cubs? Um, The Dodgers, like you said, man, I think the last time we spoke, the Padres might've been two or three games out and all of a sudden Dodgers go on a five game winning streak. And here they are, like you said, flexing their muscles. Like, you know, we're, we're still here. Um, but I, I still like the Dodgers coming out of the National League in general. Um, the Cubs are, are playing much better than I expected them to play. I didn't know if they would win the division this year. I, th- I knew they would be in the hunt for the playoffs, but I didn't think they would kind of stay in that division lead basically all season. And the pitching they're getting out of you, Darvish, who is kind of just rebirth into this new pitcher and just dominating – I think he's in the top two of ERA this year um, in in baseball, maybe. Um, they're just playing great baseball in Chicago. Um, Atlanta, they started out really hot. Um, we see that they're kind of in it right there with Miami, like we've been mentioning, but I think they'll end up taking the division. Um, but, yeah, the division winners, I see them staying as is. I see the Dodgers continuing to be this dominant force. I think they're just playing a game – out of, out of everyone's league. They're just, they're just that good. Dodgers are amazing. Yeah, and I will continue to say it, though. I think the pressure is on the Dodgers big time. 100%. More 100%. than any other team out there because you can't keep being regular season champs and then not bringing home the trophy. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree 100%. And listen, this is as stacked a team as I think they've had during this whole run. Like you, when you add Mookie Betts to the lineup you already had, who can possibly win MVP or he's in the MVP race this season, you really can't get more stacked than, than that lineup is with Mookie Betts and, and, and Bellinger and all those guys. Um, so I agree 100%. The pressure's on them. They, this is a must-win World Series for them. It's not enough to just run away with the division or sweep everybody, you know, in the National League. They have to win the World Series for this season to be a success for them. I agree. Totally agree. And I might have misspoken, right? I mean, because um, even though San Diego technically has a better record right now than than the uh, the Braves, the Braves would be a division winner if things ended the way they are right now. And so it wouldn't necessarily be Atlanta and Miami, right? Because Atlanta would be one of the three division winners. Or how would that work? Um, If San Diego had a better record but was in second place, how are they viewed in the playoff seeding? Uh, Yeah, so the division winners would be the first three seeds automatically. 
right. with the with this playoff form. Yeah. And then the two then the three second place would be four, five, and six. Right. So then San Diego, if it ended today the way it looks right now, the Dodgers, Cubs, and Braves would be the division winner. And then we'd have San Diego, Miami, Philadelphia, and so on. So just wanted to clear that up. But um, but look, in the National League, um, there's a lot to be cleared up. And we'll oh, see. Yeah. Um, you know, we have some exciting games coming, or at least matchups. I don't know about the games, but we have some matchups that are going to be intriguing this week. And we will see how the National League shakes out. But um, let's jump over to the American League, which mm, is pretty much settled. Maybe there could be some movement at the very bottom here uh, with Houston and Toronto. Toronto's been scuffling. Um, uh, But Seattle right now is three games behind both of those teams, which uh, Toronto and Houston occupy slots seven and eight. So Take us through the American League. How, how do you see things there? Yeah, I don't see too much shaking up in the American League. Um, maybe Seattle, Seattle's playing some decent baseball. The Angels are suddenly in the mix somehow. Um, like you said, the Blue Jays are struggling, which kind of opens up the door for Seattle and for the Angels to kind of make some noise a little bit. Baltimore kind of regressed since the last time we spoke. And, um, yeah, I, I think the picture is going to be the same. It's going to be interesting, though, because there's a – Believe it or not, I would call a must-watch series between Seattle and Houston. And I didn't think that we would have this kind of conversation leading into the season. But Houston hasn't exactly played what we're accustomed to seeing them play in terms of baseball games. And they've kind of scuffled and been inconsistent all year. They're a 500 team right now, which is crazy to think. But they're, you know, that series against Seattle, maybe Seattle doesn't get in, maybe they do. But that's a huge series for Houston right now because a sweep puts them out of the playoff race and Seattle jumps over them. So it, it's going to be – I can't believe I'm saying that Houston-Seattle is a must-watch the last week of the season. And um, it's also a big series with the Angels and, and the Rangers too because, like I said, the Angels are suddenly playing good baseball. Uh, they've won the last three games, and they're right there with Seattle and also within reach of Houston for that second place in the division. So – um, you know, I don't think there's going to be much movement. I think maybe Toronto hangs on to that last spot there, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, with that, um, the West division in the American league and how things play out. If Houston can kind of group together and put a couple wins here and there and kind of just knock Seattle back and hold on to that playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it's interesting because, Houston, that that Houston Seattle series that you're you're talking about starts tomorrow. They have a three game set, and then Houston ends with four against Texas. Um, I I would kind of think Houston should handle its business, but Houston is not the Houston that we've all come to know over the past few seasons. So who knows? But the one team, Rob, that I think might really need to be concerned is Toronto. Because, yeah. you know, they have a, you know, they finish up a series with the Phillies today, and then they have a four gamer against the Yankees. I wouldn't want to be yeah. playing the Yankees right now, right? Um, no. And so they have that, and then they end the season with the Orioles. But to me, 
if there's any team here that I think might be a little bit concerned, they got a little bit of a cushion, but the schedule is not too favorable. You know, when you look at the Phillies today and then a four gamer with the Yankees coming up for the Blue Jays. So uh, the Blue Jays have some work to do. Yeah, they're in huge trouble and they ran into a a brick wall that is the New York Yankees. And <laughs> goodness gracious, I had fun watching those games. I'll tell you that, Jeff. I'm, I'm sure you get there for now. <laughs> I had fun watching those games, and they're, they've lost six in a row, which is, is not a good look, especially for a team that, you know, they made some moves at the deadline to avoid this, to avoid a late season, you know, I'm not going to say collapse, but a late season, you know, drift in the wrong direction. And they've lost the last six games, and like you said, they have tough games coming up. So that is a team that could potentially drop out and you know a team like Seattle or LA could sneak in. Yeah, yeah. I mean it you look again if I'm Toronto, <laughs> I would not want to be playing the Yankees. Um <laughs> but you know but at the same time though, if you're going to make it, you know, you earn it. You yeah. know what I mean? Win your way in. And they certainly will have a chance to do that. Um, one team I just want to uh, get your thoughts on because they almost seem a forgotten team right now. They're kind of middling around um, and not doing much, but they will be in the playoffs barring something really crazy happening. And that's the Cleveland Indians. Um, you know, they're there, but no one really seems to be talking about them and they're not really creating a buzz. What's your take on what has been one of the better teams in baseball in recent seasons um, and where they are? Likely in the playoffs, but should we expect much from Cleveland? They're one of those weird teams that you know they're going to make it, but are they going to make any type of noise in the playoffs? And, you know, their pitching is is phenomenal. They have Shane Bieber, who's, who's my pick for the Cy Young in the American League. Um, he's a strikeout machine. He's, you know, he's ascending into this ace and one of the best pitchers in the game. But I don't know what it is about Cleveland that just, I don't, I wouldn't bet my money on them pretty much to, to make much noise in the playoffs. I don't know, man. They, they'll make the playoffs because they're good enough to make it. I just don't know if they're good enough to make any noise and win games once they're in there. They're just one of those weird you get kind of weird vibes from that team. I don't, you know, it's hotter, hotter, cold with them. I'm not sure how to feel about them in general. Yeah, I don't either. And it will be interesting to see, because again, as we said, you know, when talking about, you know, the national league with the Marlins uh, and it goes for every team, once you're in, you know, it, teams can get on a roll. We've seen it in other sports and in baseball, like the yeah. Nationals last year, the Nationals got on a roll once they got to the postseason, right? And they just really looked like, uh, you know, the most dominant team and ended up winning the whole thing. So once you get in, you know, things can change. But right now I look at Houston and I'm not expecting much from them, but we'll see. Um, so they're a little lackluster, but at the top of the of the leaderboard here and i and i don't include the yankees there as well even though they're not likely to catch tampa but you know when you look at those first four teams tampa the white Sox, oakland and the yankees 
Oh, you, you, you're talking about some good teams right there who are playing some good baseball. Yeah, those are powerhouse teams in that American League. And um, those four teams we were, were kind of the given of the division. And you can maybe include Minnesota in there, but those top four teams were the givens of they're definitely making the playoffs. And I definitely – I'm a big fan of the White Sox. They're playing out of their mind. Um, Jose Abreu is just – I think I have I, – I would probably say he wins MVP for the AL. Um, offensively, I think he's a top – two in every single category, that, that, that team is just playing out of their minds. Um, Tampa, you know, not enough can be said about the way Tampa plays baseball. They just play some – sometimes it feels like old-school baseball mixed in with the new school and all that stuff. Kevin Cash does a great job managing that team. Um, and then Oakland is, is Oakland. You know, I had them winning the division when the season started, and they're just one of those teams that, you know, they don't have a superstar. They don't have this brand name player, but they have a bunch of collective parts that are very, very good and consistent and can just put games together and win. And then, of course, my Yankees, they're back. They're finally – they maybe they heard me calling them out the last time we spoke, but they <laughs> so, they flipped the switch and they're back. And now they're, you know, they're, they're making people respect the pinstripes again. Yeah, and – you know, it's interesting because the last time we met, not only were the Yankees struggling, but even after our call and um, on that day, which was Labor Day, the yeah. Yankees scuffled for a few more days after that. And I was thinking, oh, man, my, I might have to check in with my man, Rob, make sure he's <laughs> all right, because <laughs> things were not looking good. They were getting beat by Baltimore, and Baltimore was breathing yeah, down man. their neck uh, for that last spot and everything else. But, man, here they are, as we speak on this morning, um, you know, winners of 10 games in a row and looking really, really good. Now, um you know, I, I talked about the four teams and I left out Minnesota, not because Minnesota is not a top team. I mean, the Yankees in Minnesota right now are essentially in a flat footed tie. Yeah. But but the Yankees are in the fourth spot and Minnesota's in the fifth spot. And so I didn't talk about Minnesota as being among the top teams because they have to be wondering what do they have to do? to escape facing the Yankees in the playoffs <laughs> because right now, right? If the, if the season ended right now, that would be the first, that would be the matchup, right? The Yankees yep. and the twins. And we know that the twins, you know, playing the Yankees, that's their house of horrors. And so <laughs> I, I left the twins out on purpose because I think as long as they remain in the fifth spot, you almost got to, you know, if this was the NBA, we'd have to bring out Charles and Kenny the Jet and the rest of them and say they're about to go fishing because <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> they just can't seem to beat the Yankees. So, look, I know it's hard for you. You're a Yankees fan and everything else. There's a little bias there. But this has to be a nightmare for the Minnesota Twins. You know what this reminds me of since you mentioned the NBA? Every time Toronto went against LeBron in the East, um, no matter how good the Raptors were that season, when they faced LeBron, they turned into absolute dust. And LeBron would just sweep them away. So this is kind of the MLB version of that, where no matter how good the Twins are, no matter what season it is, what 
decade it is, it just seems like every time they go against the Yankees in the playoffs, they lose. And listen, the Twins have had some powerhouses. They had Maurer, Morneau. They've had, you know, Sano now. They had Nelson Cruz. All these powerhouse guys. Not like they've had Johan Santana back then pitching for them. They've had really great teams. They just always run into the Yankees, and that's the end of their playoff hole. So I don't know what Minnesota, <laughs> what's going on with them. Maybe they should tank a few games. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. And then the worst part is if, if this playoff started today, they'd be playing in New York. It's not yes. even like they're playing at home. I, and I know that there's no fans, but there's something about playing at Yankee Stadium, even without fans, in the playoffs that just – I don't know, man. I feel no. <laughs> it's, It just doesn't go together, yeah. right? Minnesota yeah. Twins, New York Yankees. <laughs> Yankee Stadium, <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> go together if you're Man. a Minnesota Twins fan or player. Now, on the other hand, you know, we're talking about professional athletes, very competitive. They did add Josh Donaldson, right? And he brings, yeah. you know, extra elements, some more pop, some swag, some experience and postseason experience, too. So, you know, that that could be helpful. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm sure to a man those players who have been eliminated by the Yankees in recent years, you know, will welcome the challenge of taking on the Yankees, you know, um, because in some ways the Yankees stand in front of them as their Goliath and, you know, the twins are looking, are going to be looking to take them out. So, but it's just really ironic that, you know, the Yankees were at the bottom you know, when we spoke last, just fighting for their playoff lives. And I don't think anybody was thinking about a Yankees twins matchup at that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like the baseball guys just have a weird sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Said, We're going to have these two teams play <laughs> each other again to start out the postseason. So um, that's just that's just wild stuff. You can't you, you can't make it up, man. You just no. can't make it up. And it's crazy because so, the Yankees, the, the Yankees have been playing some out of their mind baseball. Obviously, ten wins in a row, and you know a lot can be said about their offensive numbers. And obviously, you know Luke Voigt, he's dealing with an injury. He's playing through injuries. Twenty home runs leads the majors. Um, they hit the five home runs in a game against Toronto. Just kind of that was a non-competitive series against the Blue Jays just completely destroyed them. And and I had fun watching it. Like I said earlier, I was having a blast. And I've had a blast these last 10 games. But the thing that I want to point out about the Yankees, and I don't know if this is where you were kind of leading to just now, but their pitching is what kind of turned everything around. And it even and, – and it starts with the last loss they had against the Blue Jays in when they played in Buffalo. It was Jay Happ pitching that game. And – I think they lost two to one that game, but he had one of his best outings of the season. And then they lose the next game, I believe. Well, I think they won that next game, and it was Davey Garcia pitching, who was the rookie sensation come, that came up for them. And that's kind of what catapulted this win streak. It was, I think it was that start by Jay Happ that kind of stopped everything because the game before was when um, the Yankees just got blown up against Toronto. They just Toronto completely massacred their pitching. And I think Jay Happ kind of 
putting a stop to that by having such a great pitching performance kind of opened the door for the rest of the staff to kind of lead and continue, which is crazy because just a few weeks ago, Jay Happ was saying, you know, these guys are skipping me on purpose, and he was struggling. And all of a sudden, he's pitching some of the best baseball he's pitched in in, in years. Um, and I did go a little MLB nerd on you, Jeff. I have numbers here <laughs> to back up <laughs> everything I got. So over his last four starts, half alone has only allowed three runs. Over his last three starts, sorry. Only three runs in those three starts, including the eight innings yesterday against the Sox. Opponents are only hitting 228 against them this month. Davey Garcia has thrown seven innings his last two starts, 222 against them, opponents. Uh, Tanaka has given distance, five innings in a seven-run game, seven innings um, and just three runs allowed, 221 opponent batting average. And then Garrett Cole is doing what he does, six innings, 10 Ks, seven innings the next game, nine Ks. That was a seven-inning game, so a complete game. And then he gave seven innings again with eight Ks. And opponents are only hitting 127 against him in the mm. month of September. So I think the fact that the starting pitching is giving them distance now, is giving them innings, eating up innings, pitching six, seven innings, that makes a huge difference. Because now Aaron Boone doesn't have to go to the bullpen and pick out some of these lower leverage guys like a Nick Nelson or somebody like that to kind of just get through a couple of innings and steal a few outs. And it's made, you can see the, the, the production being, having, you know, coming out of the bullpen now. Since that last game against Toronto where they got blown up, the bullpen hasn't allowed any runs in their last appearances in September at all. Britain, Green, Ottavino, and Chapman, 5-3, three, 3 and 5. That's how many appearances they have, respectively, between them. They haven't allowed any runs since. Um, so that's, that's huge for them because those four guys in the bullpen, and I, and I didn't include Loisago, who just came back from, from an injury, those four guys in the bullpen need to have, you know, the rest they need, and that comes with the starting pitching, pitching the, the innings that they have to pitch. And the fact that they're giving them length and they're putting up good runs and keeping their offense in the game, even early in the game, is huge for them. Because that's what was, well, that's what was kind of killing the Yankees early. It was allowing these runs in the first, second, and third innings. And then having Aaron Boone go into the bullpen early and try to steal some outs from guys. And that's kind of where the games got away from them. So they, they found this winning formula. And it started with Jay Happ's, you know, resurgence again, I guess you can say. You know, he's mixing his, his fastballs in a lot better this these last few starts. And I think that's where the difference is. It's the starting pitching. And, you know, that's not to take away from the great offense, the, the great offensive show we've seen from them. But this 10-game winning streak started with that, with the starting pitching solidifying themselves and giving the team a chance to win and to score those runs. Yeah, and as you just, you know, you laid it out there, you know, it's a really impressive numbers for the starting pitchers, um, you know, dominant numbers. and as you said a couple of times, Boone not having to try to get away with some of the lower leverage guys, as you, yeah. you know, the phrase you used was to steal some outs, which is exactly what he's trying to do, right? Yeah. Just get me to the fourth inning, just get me to the <laughs> fifth inning kind of a thing, right? Um, you know, not having to do that is huge. And so, yeah, if the Yankees can continue uh, 
to pitch in that, you know, like that, you know, the way these guys have been going, you know, they've gotten healthy, right? Um, you know, they yeah. were banged up, right? So they've gotten healthy. The bats are, are, are back. Um, they're swinging the bats well. But as you said, the starting pitching has really stepped up. And yeah, and again, and uh, yeah, and that's huge too, because I know they're facing, you know, not top lineups, I guess you can call them. They're not facing the Rays and stuff like that and handling them this way. But I think you can say that more about the offense scoring 20 runs, that they're not going to score 20 runs against the Rays pitching. But the pitching can shut down the Rays lineup. You know, I think great pitching always beats great hitting. And I think having that at the forefront of the Yankees winning streak and continuing that trend, just continuing to have those four guys um, pitch the way they're pitching can make the difference and translate into success in October. Right. And that's an excellent point because when you get to the postseason, you know, the idea of, you know, putting up football scores as, as they did against Toronto, you know, winning 20 to six, right. Um, where Toronto missed the extra point. Um, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Right? No. I mean, you're not going to do that. The competition is too good. The pitching is too good, you know? So no, you're right. Um, and, and that would kind of be fool's gold. If all the Yankees were doing was just mashing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you could really feel good about that because you can mash against a Toronto team that's sinking or against a Baltimore Orioles team or what have you. You know what I mean? But like you said, you're not going to do that against these these quality teams that have top line starters. And so um, it wouldn't be a good feel if all the Yankees were doing was swinging the bats well. But as you just laid out, the pitching has been strong. And so the combination now is great. Um, And, you know, if you can get that pitching and keep it that way, then hopefully, you know, for you and for other Yankees fans, they can make a deep run. So we'll see. We'll see. But you, you have to be in a totally different space right now um, in just what, two and a half weeks since we last spoke. Oh, yeah. I mean, the last time I think I ended off saying, man, I don't want to face the Rays in that first round. And now I'm here saying, bring on the Rays, bring on the White Sox, bring on whoever you want. The Yankees are ready. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you know, well, here's the thing. We do have, as we just laid out, we have an interesting week coming up, especially in the national league, but we also with Toronto playing the way they have been playing in Houston and with that series against Seattle coming up, there's at least some intrigue in, in the American league as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, The regular season ends a week from today as we are recording this. And so we'll see where we are. And then we will begin our postseason analysis and, and see where that goes. Um, but right now it looks like the Yankees and twins are pretty much locked into that first, uh, that first round matchup. And then we'll see what else, well, you know, what things look like in the American league and national league and go from there. But one thing for sure, um, it's going to be an expanded playoffs for the first time. It's going to be exciting and it gets started in a little over a week from now. So 
get ready. You know, you you just boasted there right there a little bit, but your Yankees will have a <laughs> have an opportunity to either put up or shut up, and we'll see how it goes. That's right. They they can't make me look bad. Look, man, I think I called them out, like I said earlier, and they heard me. So I hope they hear me again and just continue the streak. I I mean, I even said last time if they win three out of four, four out of five, that'll kind of you know break mm-hmm. the streak they're on. Yeah, they went on a ten game winning streak, so they completely. Yep shattered my expectations or my wants for the team so i mean you know the yankees are playing great and and there's a lot of teams that are going to be fun to watch especially this last week and then leading into the playoffs so i'm excited for the games coming up i'm excited as a as a sports fan as a baseball fan and i think everyone else should be excited too because this is going to be a fun ride no doubt about it no doubt so all right so listen um why don't we um you know we, we you know it's now crunch time and so we will come back more often um to talk about you know the playoffs um we, we also once the regular season ends and i know it's only a 60 gamer but you know it'll be time to look at you know who we think are the award winners and all the rest of that stuff um and so i look forward to doing that with you uh, but listen man enjoy the week And let's see how things turn out. And let's look to come back again in about a week or so, get a little playoff preview and and go from there. Sounds like a plan, man. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Rob. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. I'll catch up with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. All right.